0: How are we doing, Ridge Church? Good to see you guys. My name is Bobby. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here today. I want to tell you, um, first of all, if you're a first-time guest, welcome. Uh, Thank you for choosing to be at Ridge Church today. There's a connection card close to you, somewhere in your seat, maybe in the seat next to you there. Uh, we would love for you to take that card, fill it out, and a little later in the service as the time of giving comes by, the, the offering baskets, if you'll just drop that in the basket. Or you're welcome to take it to the Ridge Central table. It's the table that you passed on the way in the doors here. You can drop it off there. Uh, all the resources, books, Bibles, everything out there, it's all free. So take what you want, take what you need, and uh, don't be ashamed about it, all right? So uh, that's all we want from you. We don't, we don't want anything else, and we just want you to... Uh, hopefully experience God and, and uh, the redemption of Jesus today. Um, one quick announcement, Ridge University will not meet tonight. Uh, Ridge University uh, will kick back up next week. Is that, is that right, Mike? Uh, so Ridge University, if you're taking part in that, it uh, will not meet tonight. But Ridge students will be meeting tonight, 530, uh, here at the building. All right, so uh, let me... Oh, yes, and the Bible study, right? No women's study this week. Yeah, on Wednesday, no women's study. So, thanks april sorry <laughs> but let let me let me just ask you this question. How many of you are very good at remembering like birthdays and anniversaries like you're good at it I mean like you never forget okay like nice nice how many of you would say you're terrible at it like you just you constantly forget every man in the room just raised their hand okay um yeah we're not we're not very we're not very good, but sometimes. I mean, that's why, the reason why we celebrate anniversaries, the reason why we celebrate birthdays, the reason why we celebrate those important dates and and things like that is because it's actually, it's good to remember. You know, it's good to celebrate the good things. It's good to uh, think back on the things that are important, right? And so we like to to do that. We like to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and, and all of these things. Uh, recently, I just I just had a birthday uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, for my birthday, my wife she 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 gave me probably the most amazing birthday gift I've, I've ever received in my life, and it um it was this book, and and, and she actually made it. it. It wasn't just a book that she bought. I mean she she made this book and, and had it published. And, um, and so I was, I was just blown away by it. But the, the book, some of you guys participated in the book. There's quotes from you in this book, and, and there's pictures of some of you guys in this book because this book is all about the journey of Ridge Church. I mean, it went back all the way from the very first conversation she and I had about this church all the way up to just a couple of weeks ago uh, here at the church and, and the construction process and renovation process and all that. And so she, she gave me this book and i I got to be honest with you, I sobbed like a little baby when I read this. Book. I can't read the whole book without just just getting like just overwhelmed with thankfulness about uh, what God has done here at, at Ridge Church. And so it really is a good thing to remember and to celebrate these things. I think one of the things that we forget to celebrate often, though, is we forget to celebrate the faithfulness of God. I think for some of us in the room, like we we know, you know that God has been faithful to you. You've experienced God's faithfulness. You know God's faithfulness. But when was the last time you celebrated God's faithfulness? When was the last time you thanked God for his faithfulness? Others of us, you, maybe you know that God has been faithful to you in the past, but right now, because there's something going on, there's a trouble, there's a trial, there's, things are getting tough right now, it's hard for you to think about and hold on to God's present and future faithfulness so the best thing for us to do when that happens is to think about his past faithfulness and to remember his past faithfulness. Because here's the thing. Here's the whole point of the message. If you get nothing else, then you'll get this. You can take this home with you. Is that because God has been faithful to us in, the, in, in our past, that means that God will be faithful to us in our future. Because God is faithful. And he is never changing and so his faithfulness never leaves. His faithfulness is with us. The, the Bible gives us promise after promise after promise after promise on his faithfulness. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Old Testament, Joshua uh, chapter 4. We begin a brand new series today called Pillars. And uh, that's not one of those things that you sleep on at night. It, it's actually, uh, it, it, it's, it's called um, We're calling this the art of remembrance. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about remembering certain things, about how God uh, actually shows us in the book of Joshua how he took the people of Israel and he actually had them set up seven different monuments after they had crossed over into the Promised Land. And, And with these seven monuments, God told them to set these monuments up at different times so that they would remember certain things and so we're just going to actually look at three of them not today we're going to over the next three weeks we're going to look at three of them and uh, today we're going to look at at uh, one of the first ones and so in Joshua chapter 4 and uh, we'll we'll kick off in verse 20 here in a second but I want to paint a picture for you real quick so you know what's going on here the book of Joshua is the story of a man named Joshua imagine that and so Joshua the the story of Joshua is is a, a great story but you see, Joshua, he was was—he—he he was with Moses when Moses began to bring the people of Israel out of slavery from Egypt. Joshua was, was actually, he was one of the 12 spies who went into the Promised Land before they actually went into the Promised Land. And he was one of the only two who came back and said... Hey, it's good. It's everything that God said it would be. We should go in there. While the other ten came back and said, There are slobbering giants. Let's not go because they will eat us. And they didn't go. And so Moses, Moses listened to the ten instead of the two, and it just caused a really big mess. Moses really messed up with that one. But Moses, as you know, Moses was called by God to go to Egypt To go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, and to bring the people of Israel out of slavery. And so he was supposed to go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. God said, let them go, so let them go. And so this whole big thing, you know, he had to go back several times. And so finally, Pharaoh lets them go. But when he lets them go, what happens? They chase them, right? They begin this chase. And so the people of Israel are running from the, from the armies of Egypt, and as they're running, they make it to the Red Sea, and when they get to the Red Sea, they've got their backs against the Red Sea, uh, God has led them through uh, through the wilderness with a pillar of fire, and, and he, he gets them there, and so it's like, he gets them there, and their backs are against the wall, the army is breaking in on them, and we see one of the greatest miracles in, in all of scripture, right? Moses takes his staff and holds it up, and God parts the Red Sea, and the people of Israel, they, they, they go through the Red Sea while the waters are all pushed back, and then when the armies of Egypt come into the Red Sea, God crashes the waters down on them, takes care of those. End of story on that one, right? And so. How faithful was God in that? God was pretty faithful, right? He rescued them. He he pulled them out of slavery. And you can read the story in Exodus and, and, and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and you can read this whole story on your own. I just want to give you the, the meta-narrative here, but but what what happens is is after they get into the wilderness, they basically travel for about forty years in a circle over and over and over and over, and they complain, like, the whole time. They complain because God was good to them. Does that make any sense? Think about that for a minute. How many uh, of us complain? We complain about things even though God has been good to us. Because what happens with the people of Israel is God feeds them. He gives them everything they need. Everything they need. He gives it to, he gives it to them. And yet they still go this bread stinks i'm tired of eating bread god let's get some meat and they begin to complain and then they begin to worship other gods and they start doing all of these really weird things and god's like you know what i've had it with these people i'm just going to kill them all let's just start over this is how this whole thing's going to work i'm going to kill them i wonder if, sometimes i wonder if god ever says that about me he's like would you shut up Come, i'm about to i'm about to get i'm about to smite you okay like this this is done this is done. Stop your complaining, and, and so that's all. it's just complain and complain and complain and complain, and so finally, finally Moses goes to God and's like, "Oh no no no, let's not let's not go that route. Let's not do that." And so the short of the story is, 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 God finally says, "Okay, I got a better idea. How about this? You've led them for forty years. You've worked really hard. You, you, you know that I've been faithful to you. So how about this? You don't get to go to the promised land." In fact, you and the entire generation that you brought out of Egypt will all have to die before you go into the promised land. Joshua is going to take them in. How about that for a kick in the pants, right? I mean, really. And so the story ends up when we get to Joshua chapter 1, Moses has died. And the the, the, the leading of the people of Israel has been left to Joshua. And so now Joshua is going to take the people of Israel into the promised land. They're about to cross over, into the, uh, cross over the river Jordan, and they're about to, to walk into the promised land. And when they get to the river, the, the river happened to be, at the time, it happened to be at flood stage. And so it was flooded, and the, the waters were rushing, and, and, and it was just crazy. And so they get there, and it's like, okay, seriously, how are we going to get across that? And God's like, you remember that whole Red Sea thing? How about we just do that again? That'll be fun. And so, he's, and so this is what God tells him. He says, Joshua, take the priest and the Ark of the Covenant, and when their feet touch the waters, I will push the waters back, and you will walk across on dry land. And so that's exactly what they do. And that's a whole other story about faith and faithfulness, but, but, but they get there, and the feet of the priests touch the water, and the Bible says that they push, that God pushes the waters back, he holds the water up, and the whole nation, again, for the second time, again, walks across dry land where there should have been water, and so they walk across, and then this is where God begins to set up with Joshua. He begins to set up these monuments. So in, in, in chapter 4, they've walked across. And in chapter 4, starting in verse 20, I just want to read you four verses. This is what God tells them to do. He says, and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan. He tells them to go back into the Jordan, take up 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. He says, and those 12 stones with which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel... God tells Joshua to to, to set up this monument. He says, and for generations to come, every time somebody passes by this, they're going to see how mighty and powerful I am. And they're going to remember how faithful I was to you to get you to the promised land. And so it's like every time they pass it, they see it and they're like, Oh, look, remember how faithful God was. Remember that time that he parted the Red Sea? Remember that time we were all slaves and we were all getting beat every day because you know, we had to make mud bricks? Remember that? Remember that whole time? Remember our grandparents who did that? Remember that? Look at how, God, how faithful God is. And so that was the whole point of this monument. And I think it's important for us to remember that God has been faithful to us as well. If you're a believer, God has been faithful to you. It, it, you may not feel like it right now. It may feel like God's faithfulness has left you. It may feel like that the Holy Spirit maybe has packed up his bags and moved out for some of you. But God has been faithful to you, especially as a believer. I know that God has been faithful to you. You may not have been a slave in Israel, but you were once a slave. You were once a slave to sin. You were once in need of rescue. Uh, Romans, chapter tw- uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 6, verse 20. I love what this says. It says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Do you remember that? Do you remember what it was like to be a slave to sin? When's the last time you thought about that? He says, But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. He so said, That time that you were a slave to sin? When you were a slave to sin, that meant that you were on your way to death. But now that you have been set free from sin, amen, and have become slaves of God, the fruit of you gets, get let, leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, that was the path that you and I, if you are a believer this morning, that was the path that you were on. That was the path that you were in. You were in that grave. You were in need of that rescuing. But praise be to God, God reached in, pulled you out, pushed back the waters, and brought you into the promised land. When was the last time that we thanked him for that? When was the last time that we celebrated that? When was the last time that we dwelled on God's faithfulness to us? maybe, Maybe we need to put it like this because maybe it's easier to think about it like this. What did God save you from? What did God save you from? For some of you, God saved you from addictions. For some of you, God saved you from a life that was certain to lead to a physical death. But but God has saved you from something. What has he saved you from? What is that? He has saved you from something. And if you find yourself in a moment this morning where you are not a believer, God is saving you from something. You just have to see it. You have to see it. And I think that for others of us, things are things probably are going very badly right now. They're just not going the way that we had hoped. They're just not going the way that, that that we had dreamed that this point in our life, that this moment in life would go, and you feel as if God has abandoned you. I think the Bible, I don't think, I know. The Bible describes God as un. Do you know what that means? That means that he always rescues. That he always rescues. Unfailing means he never fails. He always comes through. He is always the one who rescues. And so every time Israel had their backs to the wall and they they were up against the water and they needed the waters pushed back, what did God do? He pushed them back. Because God is unfailing. For just a moment as we close this morning in a few minutes we're going we're gonna to come to the table and celebrate communion this morning because we want to celebrate God's faithfulness to us with his son Jesus who was faithful to us in dying on a cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life and we're going to celebrate that in a few minutes but, but what does it mean for us to know that God is faithful what does it mean for you to know that God is faithful I think the first thing that it means for us to know that God is faithful is that, that we can trust that our past is the past. Yeah, no doubt. We can, we can, trust, we can trust that our past, that your past, that my past, we, because God is faithful, we can trust that our past is our past. Check out 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says this, If, that's a big if, by the way, if, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that with with your heart? Do Do you believe that if you confess your sins, that your past becomes your past, and therefore it's time for you to get over your past because Jesus has already got over it? He's not thinking about your past, so why are you? If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. That means you can let go of your past. You can let it go. The second thing that it means for us to know that God is faithful is that it means that we can trust him with our present troubles. We can trust him with our present troubles. Matthew 11 I'll give you just a couple of scriptures here, but Matthew 11, uh, starting in verse 28. This is Jesus speaking, red letter. He says this. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That means that right now, in this moment, whatever moment you find yourself in, whatever trouble you find yourself in, whatever grave you feel like you have fallen into, right now, in this moment, Jesus says, just come to me. Come to me. Why are you waiting? Why are you stalling? You need rest? Come to me and I will give you rest. And I will carry your burden. I will carry your burden. Some of you are so tired this morning. Your your legs hurt. Your back hurts. Your shoulders hurt. Your head is killing you because you've been carrying this burden with you. It's time to unload it because God has been faithful to you in the past. He will be faithful to you now. If his word says that he will carry your yoke, that he will carry the burden for you, that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. This is. Let's not reduce this to footprints in the sand, okay? This is Jesus... Being Jesus, okay? This is Jesus saying, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So we can trust him in our present trouble. Uh, There's this quote from a a pastor in Nashville, Pete Wilson, and I love this quote because it, it makes so much sense, um... But he said this, he says, God is most powerfully present even when he seems most apparently absent. God is most powerfully present even when he seems most apparently absent. If you're in a moment right now where you feel like God is absent from you, I promise you he is not absent from you. He is very present. He is very present. But sometimes we just need to be made aware. Remember the monument? Remember the Remember what they set up there, the, the, the 12 stones they stacked in there? I promise you, every time they passed by that and they felt like God was absent, they passed by that and they said, no, he wasn't, because we felt like we were about to get eat up by the armies, and God came up, God showed up. God showed up. God can show up for you too, and he will. The third thing, third and final thing. That it means for us to know that God is faithful is that you can trust him with your future. You can trust him with your future. Listen, I I said it earlier and I'll, I'll say it again and I will always say this because I believe it. God has been faithful to us in the past. That means that he will be faithful to us in the future. God, in, in, in the story of, of Scripture, in, in the story of, of the nation of Israel, God was faithful to the nation of Israel in the past, and he was faithful to them in the future. He continued to be faithful to them. He got a little upset with them a few times. But, I mean, they probably deserved it. But he was faithful to them. He didn't give up on them. And he is not a God that gives up on you either because of his faithfulness to us. Let me ask you this question. Very important question. What would you do if you were absolutely confident that God was with you? What would you do this morning? What would you do right now? What would you do today, on Sunday? What would you do if you were absolutely confident that God was with you? How would you respond? What would you do? What what step of faith would you take? If you were absolutely certain that God was with you, that he was going before you, that his faithfulness was on you, that he was going to be faithful to you, what would you do? What would you do? And it's a very important question for us to answer and wrestle wrestle with. In, In this story of Joshua, I love the whole book. Of Joshua, Because you see, when they entered the promised land, remember those spies that came in earlier? When they came in, they said, hey, this place isn't completely like barren. There's giants and there's armies and there's some pretty big cities in there. And so if we go in there, we're going to have to fight. It's going to be tough. We're going to have to get in there and we're going to have to scrap it out. And Joshua was like, he knows this. He was there. He saw it. <laughs> right? And so Moses dies, and, and, and they get ready to, to go into the promised land. And God pulls Joshua aside and says, Josh, come here a minute. We've got to have a little talk. Is God ever do that to you? Is he ever come to you like, you know, like he does me? Beat up. Come here. That's the way he calls me, beat up. Beat up. Come here. we we, we got to have a little talk. Let, let, let's chat for a minute. I got something to tell you. So Joshua is having this conversation with God in Joshua chapter 1, and this is what God says to him. He said, in verse 3, he says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I, I, I have given you, past tense, I have given you just as I promised to Moses. He says, look, you're about to go into the promised land. You're about to go into this place. You're going to have to scrap it out. It's going to be tough. The armies are going to be big. They're going to be nasty. You're going to be outnumbered. You're going to feel like quitting. You're going to feel like giving up. But remember, I've been faithful to you in the past, and here's the promise that I'm giving you. Everything that your feet touches, I've already given you. So what are you waiting for? I'm with you. I'm with you. And then in verse 9, he, God continues to talk to him, but then he, he kind of, he kind of puts a nice little bow on it at the end. He says, he says, have I not commanded you? Uh-oh. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you whenever or wherever you go. So God was like, what's up? Get moving. every place that your feet touches i have already given you and i will be with you does that sound familiar does that sound we talked about it last week matthew chapter 28 jesus talking to his disciples what does he say at the end of the great commission he says he says and i will be what i will be with you right this is not just a one time thing this is this is this is the thing but because you see god not god promised this to moses and here's the beautiful thing. This is why you can claim every single promise from this book. Every promise that God has given and written in Scripture in this book as a believer, it's also your promise. You see, because he gave it to Moses. And then he said, just as I gave it to Moses, I'm giving it to you. You see, to Joshua. You see, Jesus happens to be from the line, right? He happens to be from that line. And because Jesus, as, as a believer, because Jesus is in you, you claim those promises. Those promises are yours. God will be with you. Because God has been faithful to you in the past, he will be faithful to you in the present, and he will continue to be faithful to you in the future. So what would you do if you were absolutely confident that God was with you? What would you do today? What trouble would you take on today? What trial would you face head on today? What conversation would you have today? What step would you take today? Because God is with you. He is with you, and he is faithful to you. All I want to do this morning as we close is I I just want to celebrate his past faithfulness to us. I want you to have the opportunity to celebrate his past faithfulness to you, to trust his future faithfulness, and to give you the opportunity before we take communion to take a few minutes to to be thankful, to have a thankful heart, to, to come to the table of communion, to take communion with a thankful heart, with a grateful heart and, and, a, and a prayerful heart that, that God has been faithful to you in the past and so therefore he will, be con- he will continue to be faithful to you in the future. Or maybe you find yourself in a moment this morning where, where you, don't, you know that God has been faithful to you in the past. You're having a hard time trusting his faithfulness in the present and in the future. Maybe you feel a little more courageous this morning, knowing that the Bible promises that God is with you. So your first step this morning is to be repentant. To ask for forgiveness for not trusting in God's faithfulness. And then picking up and going on, moving on, moving past your past, because it is the past. Kyle, come up, and we're going we're gonna to close in prayer, and then we'll take communion in just a minute. But I want you to respond this morning. I want to give you the opportunity to respond how God has called you to respond. If, if, you, if you're here today and you find yourself in that spot where where you need to remember God's faithfulness, then I want you to think about his past faithfulness to you. If you're having a hard time trusting in His future faithfulness, then ask God to show you once again His past faithfulness to you so that you can trust His future faithfulness. And, and, and for some of you in this room this morning, you have no recollection of God's past faithfulness to you because you've not been walking with God anyway. And so your first step is a step of repentance Because God's faithfulness to you is that he gave his son Jesus to die on a cross for you for your sins so that that faithfulness is transferred to you. And so your first step is a step of repentance to say, God, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Rescue me. I am in need of rescue. And so this morning, you ask God for that rescue. And the Bible says, again, the promise that the Bible gives is that it says, do you believe this, that he says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Rescued. Do you believe that? That's what it says. I'm not going to go all crazy Pentecostal on you. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm not going to do Joel Osteen. You know? I'm not going to hold this up and say, I believe it. You know? well, what, what's that old saying? It says, the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it, right? Is that how it goes? Uh, we're not going to do that, but I believe it, alright? So, do you believe it? Do you believe it? You have the opportunity to exercise that belief this morning. However you feel led to do so. If you want to come down front and pray for a little bit, somebody will meet you down here and pray with you, I promise you. You're welcome to come down here. You're welcome to sit right where you're at in your seat and pray. And then we'll, we'll come together one more time to, to celebrate communion together, to celebrate God's faithfulness to us with his son, Jesus. But you respond how God has called you to respond this morning. Let's pray. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. God, you have been faithful to me. You have been faithful to my family. God, you have been faithful to this church. God, and I thank you for that faithfulness. God, I thank you for... God, I thank you for your sacrifice. God, I thank you for your rescue. God, I pray this morning that as as people sit and ask and think, And dwell on your past faithfulness, God. God, I pray that you just put before us how faithful you have really been to us, God, so that we remember, so that we are reminded of that faithfulness. God, and I pray that you well up in our hearts the courage and the faith and the hope, God, that you will continue to be faithful to us that you are faithful to us even now. Even though sometimes it may feel like you're absent, God, God, I pray that this morning that for those who feel like you are absent, God, I pray that they feel your presence. And God, for those this morning who would say, God, I don't know your faithfulness because I've not given my life to you, God. God, I I pray that their hearts are open to you. If you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I, I, I'm i celebrating God's past faithfulness. And I'm celebrating. I, I'm loving God's past faithfulness. Is that you? Just raise your hand. Just, you're just like, you know what, I just lo- I'm loving God's past faithfulness right now. Just so I can pray for you. If, if you're if you're here and you say, you know, I'm having a hard time right now with this faithfulness thing. I'm having a hard time getting this. God, I just need you to remind me that you are faithful to me. Just Nobody's watching. Nobody's nobody's. No, just care about yourself this morning for a second, just for a moment. If that's you, just raise your hand just so I can pray for you. Amen. 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 If you're here and you have... You're having a hard time getting your head around any kind of faithfulness because you've not had a relationship with Christ. But you're saying, you know what? I've called for rescue this morning. I've called out for Jesus. I've asked Jesus to come into my life and to save me for rescue. That's me. And you just raise your hand. You're saying, I'm calling out for rescue this morning. I'm calling out for rescue. Father, we know that you are faithful. We know that you're going to continue to be faithful to us. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. It's in your name we pray. Amen.